Welcome to the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. All authority is delegated authority. Hi, this is Keith Tusi, and welcome to Leadership in Context. We're going to finish up our series on the four pillars of a Christian worldview today. And this is a subject that you've heard me hit on more than once, and it's just uh, needs to be clarified, but this is part of the series I do when I do these four pillars to build our faith around and understand how to apply our faith in our life and in our culture. And it's simply this principle here. All authority is delegated authority. In other words, anybody who claims authority in the world, a police officer, a husband, a pastor, a military person, an elected official, Everybody gets their authority from somebody, and that somebody is God. Nobody has carte blanche authority because they have a title, they have an office, or even if they've been appointed by God, does not mean they're allowed to do whatever they want to do. Let's look at verses that are radically taken out of context in Romans 13, and I'll just say that it's really sad, the evangelical teaching how that Romans 13 is so violently misquoted and misapplied. Romans 13, 1 says, Every person is to be in subjection to governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. Now, this is talking about the principle of authority. It's not talking about the personality of authority. This is not talking about a certain person. This is talking about the concept, the understanding that everybody in their life should be under authority because God has all authority and anybody that has authority has that authority from God. Then in verse 2, it says, Therefore, whoever resists authority has opposed the ordinance of who? Of God. And they have opposed will receive condemnation of themselves. In other words, the person who resists authority. Not the person who resists an unjust law, but the person who has what I would call a chip on their shoulder and they're not under anybody's authority. When I hear people talking about uh, you know, resisting certain laws, one of the things I kind of perk up and I, I watch is, is that a person who is otherwise under authority or do they have an anti-authoritarian spirit? Is that their nature that they're just looking for something to be offended on? But when I see somebody that has a good heart toward God, they're submitted to their boss, they're submitted to their pastor, they know how to work with people, they understand that there's authority in life, but yet in this instant, they're going to push back. That gives them a lot more credibility because they are not what we'd call antinomian. They are not without the law. They are not lawless. They are not a law unto themselves. And you and I both know people like that. They are tongue-talking, antinomian, a law unto themselves. Nobody's going to tell them what to do. Uh, That person is a dangerous person, and they're resisting the ordinance of God. So we have to understand that. Now, just to put this in context, by the way, Romans 12 talks about body life. When he gets into Romans 13, the subject really doesn't change. He's talking about deferring one to another. Look at verse uh, 4 and 5 here, or 3, 4, and 5. 
For rulers are not a cause of fear for what good behavior, but for evil. Do you want to have no fear of authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. So there's a test of divine authority. Does the person praise good or do they curse good? Otherwise, they're disqualified from their authority. If a pastor started praising people for doing evil, we'd say, he is not under God's authority, and neither are we in this situation under his authority. For it is a minister of God for you for good, but if you do what is evil, be afraid. Now, this is important. Who defines what is good and evil? Go back to my last lesson. God is the definer of good and evil. God defines what is good and God defines what is evil. Nobody else can say, well, you know, I'm the king now, I'm the pastor now, I'm the husband now, I'm the policeman now, I'm the boss now, and now we're going to make up our own uh, Ten Commandments or our Ten Omissions. No, it's not how it works. You're under God's authority. So God defines what is good. So authority is only valid if it supports what God said is good. And it's invalid when it says something that is evil. Hebrews 11.23 says the Hebrew midwives defied the king's edict and God blessed them. We'll go back and read the story. It says God added to them. God gave them homes. In other words, God didn't just excuse it. God didn't just say, that's great. He made a testimony out of them. He made a blessing out of them because they re- they resisted the king's edict because the king told them to kill little Hebrew baby boys. And they said, uh, we're not going to do that, Mr. King, because we already have another king. In, in the book of Daniel, we see this happen uh, a number of times where Daniel just goes about his business. He understands there was a king before this king came along. Okay, Jesus is the king, absolutely. Now, even when we get into the old, the, excuse me, the New Testament, there is understanding that we can see. The Apostle Paul uh, invokes this principle in 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, and go down to the 8th verse, because there were people that were antinomian in the church, okay? Uh, in the Roman church, there was a big problem, and then in the Corinthian church, where they were very worldly, there was a problem, and, uh, you know, let's face it, there, there are people like that in the church, and a lot of us have had to learn to come under authority, myself included there. When I came into the kingdom, I wasn't a uh, submissive type person, okay, that was going to go along with the flow, or I understood that authority was ordained by God, and it was there to protect me. But they were challenging Paul's authority, and this is what he says. Notice what he says, 2 Corinthians 2, chapter 10, verse 8. He says this, for even if I boast someone out further about our authority, because Paul never backed down about his authority, then he says this, which the Lord gave me for building you up and not destroying you, I will not be put to shame. What's the qualification, he says, for his authority? For building them up and not destroying them. He said, I've got no authority to destroy you, but I do have authority to build you up. That's what delegated authority looks like. If you go to Ephesians, the fifth chapter, uh, I think this is very easy to see here. In verse 22, 
It says, wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head of the church, he himself being the savior of the body, but the church is subject to Christ, so also the wives ought to be subject to their own husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water by the word. Now, actually, if you look at this text, this is a teaching not about marriage. It's a teaching about the church, and it uses marriage as an illustration. But once again, we see that husbands do not have carte blanche authority, okay? But just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for the church, that's the authority they have. If we go over to, uh, let's just say, First Timothy, uh, we see a lot of mention of how they operated. But in First Timothy, in the second chapter, in the second verse, it says, well, let's just read the first verse. First of all, then, I urge that entreaties and prayers and petition and thanksgiving be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, so that we may lead a quiet or tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. Now he's saying here to pray for kings and everybody who is in authority, but there's a condition so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life. I like to say it like this. Our goal for government is that they leave us alone and let us do what God has called us to do and do not interfere with our mission, that they keep their nose uh, out from underneath the church tent and out from underneath our life. And then verse 3 says, This is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator also between God and man, that man Christ Jesus. All authority is delegated authority. Anybody that has a title, has a throne, has a dominion, has a badge, they're all subject to the authority of God. And when they command us to do evil, we do not have to obey those unjust commands. When they want us to participate in evil, then the church has no responsibility. According to Romans 13, they're only allowed to help us to do good and not to do evil. The other side of it is we should be people that look for a way to cooperate with authority. That should be our posture. How can we uh, cooperate without violating the ordinance of God and violating God's law and God's heart? I hope this brought some clarification to you. Uh, we need to read Romans 13 more than verse 1, and we need to know what verse 1 means. Uh, it's really, if you get into the whole passage, it's talking about deferring to one another in the church. It talks about the highest law being the law of love. It's not talking about civil laws there. It's using uh, civil government as an illustration. So it's important for us to understand this. Hey, this is Keith Tusi. I hope this has brought some light and revelation to your life, something you can share with somebody and be a blessing. Have a great day. Today, Keith concluded his discussion on the pillars of the Christian worldview. Pillar one, God is an absolute and specific creator. Pillar two, 
God is the only just and authoritative lawmaker. Pillar three, man is evil and cannot save himself. And lastly, pillar four, all authority is delegated authority. Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tusi. Join us next week as Keith continues to put leadership truths in the context of the local church. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. For show notes or to ask Keith a question, email podcast at nrpastors.com. If you would like more information, you can check out our website, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram at nrpastors. See you next week.